Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. It is June 17th, 1994. My name is Mark. With me as well as my girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? Hey, what's up? It's been a good week here for us at Massive Late Fee. That is more than I can say about O.J. Simpson's week. All right. So I guess we should get right into it. This is the only news that we'll be covering today, but there's quite a lot of it. Uh, for those of you who haven't heard, on June 12th, 1994, O.J. Simpson's ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, was murdered with a man named Ronald Goldman outside of her Brentwood home in California. Everyone simply poured in to OJ for quite a while. Right. And uh, her funeral was a couple days ago, June 16th. And oh, I think I said it was June 17th. It's June 18th. In case you guys didn't know what the date was. But uh, yeah, June 16th was uh, the funeral. And then yesterday, June 17th, O.J. Simpson, I- I'm watching the NBA Finals. <laughs> Carol's not watching it with me, but no. I- I'm watching the NBA Finals, and uh, suddenly it gets interrupted for a white car on the screen in the middle of a freeway being followed by police, and it's O.J. Simpson. And I called Carol. Carol, you know, obviously every show got interrupted. Right. But, uh, you I know. I wasn't watching TV, but. She, uh, she turned it on and started watching it too. And, uh, yeah, we, uh, we watched his Ford Bronco running. OJ, I, 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 I Carol, can you explain any of this to me? <laughs> Yes. I, I don't know what, I mean, what do you not understand, honey? What needs explaining? I, I don't mean, understand why he did it. Well, I don't understand that weird note that Robert Kardashian <laughs> read to the press. I don't, I don't understand, I don't understand any of it. Okay, well, I, I don't know that he did it. I mean, it's, you know. No, I don't understand why he, why he got in the Bronco to, in the, that's what I'm talking about doing. Oh. I'm not saying he killed her. I mean, they arrested him for it. Well, but yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that he's a hundred percent guilty. He's a you know megastar. I don't know why he would have to. You know, I don't know why he would. When was the last time a celebrity, like a celebrity of this stature, killed somebody? I, I don't know if ever. But um, why would he get in the in the white car with his friend and drive away? I I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm assuming it's because he didn't want to get arrested. I mean, why? Why else would anybody evade the police? I mean, like the I don't know. And I mean, it makes him look guilty for sure. Okay, where could O.J. Simpson have gone to evade police? Well, I mean, if he was panicked, then he's not thinking clearly. What about the note? Tell me again about this note. I don't know what you're talking about. Robert Kardashian, his friend, who's a, a, I think, a real estate lawyer. He's some sort of lawyer, but not a criminal defense lawyer. Uh, read a note from OJ about, uh, you know, just, I don't know. It sounded like an acceptance speech. What? It was uh, just all about, um, it was like a suicide note. It was like all about, um, you know... These things you think I've done, or you know, I'm talking about Nicole, how much you loved her, all this crap and everything. And that's what I—that's what I thought. I thought this was going to end in him killing himself after I heard this note. And supposedly, maybe he had a gun. I don't know, uh, but I know that AC Al Collins <laughs> was driving the Bronco, and eventually, you know, he went to his mom's house, and then eventually he went back to his Brentwood home, and then eventually he surrendered to police. You know, I, I'm more confused as to why AC was driving him in this car than that he was running away from the police in the first place. What, what would possess somebody to help him run like that? I don't know. He's 
He's one of uh, OJ's friends. I, I don't know. I guess not a very good one. I don't know. I, I feel like if I murdered you. Oh. <laughs> okay, so that's where we're gonna go with this today. And and then asked like Mike to drive me <laughs> to my mom's. I guess I don't know. He he might do it. You know. I don't know, I'll have to ask him later if uh, if he would. Wow. Okay, so if, like, my friend did something <laughs> wrong and they're running away from the police, I'd have a talk with them and explain to them how stupid they were being and get them to surrender. Why are you laughing? What is so funny? OJ. So you killed her. What you're doing is wrong. <laughs> yeah, that'd probably work. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of, of any of this. It's weird. Um, I was convinced that he didn't do it because he's rich. What? And they're just better than us. No. What? Um, no, because he's rich and, and I thought, okay, so you want to kill your ex-wife. And this guy that maybe she's having an affair with, I don't know. Apparently he was returning glasses to her because she had eaten at the restaurant that he was at. But anyway, um, let's say you wanted to do that, right? Hire You'd hire someone. I mean, logically, you would think if you have a bunch of money and you want somebody dead, you could find someone to do that deadening for you. Deadening. Um, without you having to get your hands dirty. So to speak. Well, here's the thing, though. You're assuming that he thought it out. You're assuming that this was planned. Like, hey, I want to kill her, and I want to kill this guy. I mean, the very fact that he Mm. killed them both, to me, seems unplanned. Maybe he got upset. Maybe he saw them together, and and it was a crime of passion. Yeah. Well, okay. So what, he's, like, spying on them? Maybe. Interesting. That's an interesting theory. So... Some stuff started to come out. Apparently, uh, OJ was uh, abusive to Nicole when they were together. I'm not surprised. He, you know, he says uh, that he denied killing her in the note. Of course. Whatever that means. And said, I can't go on. He's got kids. He and Nicole have had kids, so they, they're caught up in all this stuff. Yeah, they're the ones I feel the most, you know, sorry for. Like I said, I mean, I was convinced he didn't do it. For like, you know, well, not convinced, but I was, I was leaning towards not thinking he did it. You know, and it's O.J. Simpson. I mean, what the hell, you know? But then this happened. He ran from the police. He's got a gun. He writes this note. All of it's really, really, really weird. I mean. I want to know why the police suspect him in the first place before I really have any kind of opinion on the matter. Well, according to, and I went out just for you guys, by the way, and bought a copy of the LA Times uh, at a local shop, even though I don't have a subscription to it anymore. But according to what I have read, the reason that they started to chase him. The, well, the reason they were going to arrest him, the reason that he has been arrested, mm-hmm. is because supposedly there was blood found at his house. Okay. Uh, like, I don't know, but there's, you know, there's, obviously there was a lot of blood at the scene, but there was also blood at his house and maybe in his car. So... You know, obviously that looks bad <laughs> when someone you know has been killed and then the police start investigating and they find blood in your car and then in your house or yeah. at your house. Yeah, that definitely does not look good. So, you know, I don't know, maybe he cut himself shaving a thousand times. <laughs> maybe he was just trying to shave in the car while he was driving and maybe that's why AC was driving this time. It's like, <laughs> AC, I need to get a shave in. Right. You got to drive me. Um, yeah, maybe he just wanted to look good in, in the photos when he got arrested. 
Well, maybe he was just shaving and grooming in the back there. Okay. <laughs> the whole reason he's being arrested is because he was shaving. Or, no. <laughs> <laughs> because there was already blood. That's all. There was already blood. Oh you Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He got he got arrested for uh for shaving. Um no, it's funny. It's it I don't know, there's something ironic about O.J. Simpson running <laughs> from the place because he was a running back mm-hmm. in uh, in the NFL. Okay. The juice is loose. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's um, a weird, weird, weird story. But we'll continue to bring updates to you every week on the story uh, if there are updates. Assuming that OJ doesn't hang himself in his cell or whatever, right? Uh, tragic story, though. I mean, at the in the, at the end of the day, a woman and man are dead, and there are children who both lost their mother and now their father's in jail. So. All right. So we will continue our comedy show, <laughs> <laughs> right? About uh, no no massive love today. Love is is not in the air because mm-hmm. of um, you know the. Ex-wife getting murdered. Yeah. But, um, assalamu alaikum to, <laughs> to any Muslim ministers out there looking to build a nation. Anyway, so, now, let's get into our continuing coverage of 90210. Carol, take it away. Alright, so this week's episode focused mostly on Brenda. And um, I'm gonna be totally honest with you, because we watched this a few days ago. I'm not a hundred percent sure what 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 I, I don't remember the episode or how it went. So well, good. That means you won't interrupt me to correct me a bunch of times. <laughs> now, as I was saying, Brenda. Um, Which one's Brenda? Seriously. Oh, you know what? I remember the episode now. The uh, the dark haired one. Yeah. The the, the female of the set of twins is the female Brenda. Of the species. Brenda Brenda is Brendan's uh Shannon Dorte. Yeah. The Horte. You haven't <laughs> noticed that I've called him Brendan yet. Okay, Brendan. Brandon. Okay, Brendan. Alright. <laughs> it's an odd response, but okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little slap happy people. I didn't get all asleep last night. Yeah, you're telling me. <sighs> Um, no, just a lot of shut up. <laughs> okay. Brenda was shopping with her friends. More than three dates. Yeah, shopping with, uh, with the friends. And, um, well, actually, let me back it up. They were talking about Les Mis in class. That's true. That's Victor, how it started. Victor Hugo's. Les Miserables. Right, and so just in case anybody out there is not familiar with the story, I can't imagine that that anyone isn't. But um, the guy stole bread. To Jean Valjean. F- yeah, stole bread to feed his family, and he ends up getting what twenty years in jail. Something like that. Yeah. So you know they're discussing all the you know moral implications of this and everything, and and Brenda then goes out shopping with Kelly and one of Kelly's friends. And guest star of the week. And she's looking at clothes that, you know, obviously she can't afford or, you know, I don't even get that. I think they probably could afford the clothes. I think that her family just hasn't, you know, caught up to the fact that they're rich and live in Beverly Hills yet. I think they're still in a Minnesota mindset. But I mean, look at their house. There's no way they don't have some money to throw the kids for clothes. Well, they obviously get money later or or live a different lifestyle later that they change as people. Right. uh, Clearly. As it goes on, but I don't know, like, I get the impression early on that they don't have as much money as other people do, and I think that's supposed to be the, I think that's supposed to be, I think that's on purpose, it's like a fish out of water thing. Right, but I mean, they're already fish out of water, whether they have money or not, considering that it came from Minnesota. Right. Um, And again, I mean, you might be right, maybe the dad gets some promotions between now and when we started watching, but... Mm. You know, I, I feel like they're just not used to it yet. That house ain't cheap that they're living in, I'll tell you that much. Right. Not in California. Right. And um so they're out they're out shopping and she looks at something that's like hundreds of dollars and, and her friends are like, Oh, you should get it. 
Like, like it's just no big deal. Like, fucking, you know, rich, spoiled bitches. And obviously she... <laughs> Carol obviously, had a lot of emotions in this episode. <laughs> obviously she can't. And she considers, you can tell, she considers for a moment stealing. Mm. And she doesn't. Very equivalent to stealing to feed your family. <laughs> right. Um, and then Kelly... Has I think she's like, oh, I'm just going to buy these five things when they're walking out the door. Now, you've seen the friend that's with them has shoplifted. Right. But nobody knows that. Um, it, just and, us. Right. And um, so Kelly, who has lots of money, is spending it. And Brenda is wishing she had money. And the other one's just like, fuck it, I'm taking what I want. And so then Brenda's bringing up in class whether or not um, it is worse to steal for a good reason like the Feed Your Family or to want to steal for a bad reason, but not doing it. What do you think? It's an interesting question that the show does nothing with. Yeah. She asks it once and it's never addressed again. That's why I wanted to see what you thought about it. Um, so, I like, if you look at Les Miserables as an example of stealing to feed your family, I mean, I don't, I don't think that's wrong, really. No, I don't either. Honestly. I think a society that sets itself up where people have to steal to feed their family is wrong. Agreed. Um, so I, uh, you know, I don't think that that's wrong at all. But wanting to steal, yeah, I mean, I think they're kind of equivalently not wrong, <laughs> honestly, because, you know, having a fleeting thought about something, of you know, like, but, you know, having the, the, fortitude to resist temptation i don't think that's wrong either honestly i mean right. like like I've, i'm not jimmy carter over here uh <laughs> in that playboy interview when they asked him uh you know if he'd ever committed adultery or i don't, I don't remember exactly the the context of the question but i remember his answer was that he felt bad because he had lost it in his heart <laughs> you know well it's, the bible does say that's wrong yeah, and he, you know, he he was, you know, um, was penitent over it, basically. So, but I always thought that was like, wow, that, I mean, that guy's devout. Right. That guy was way too nice to be president of the United States. <laughs> but anyway, so, I don't know. I, I guess I guess I would say, it's a boring answer, but I guess I would say they're equally not wrong. I, I kind of agree with you. I, I went into this thinking that, that at least technically it's worse to want to do something bad. Um, than to do something bad for a good reason. But, I mean, I guess you're right that, you know, standing up to the temptation kind of negates the wrongness of, of the want in the first place. Right. So, so um, that's <clears throat> that's Brenda's storyline for now. We're going to go back to her. Okay. Brandon. Yeah, that's his name. <laughs> gets a job. Um, I think, yeah, okay, so he gets a, a job working in a restaurant. It's a weird job interview situation, though. Like, the the boss is weird. He doesn't even think he's getting the job, and then she hires him, and then she yells at him for showing up early. I mean, the whole thing's just weird. Apparently, this is what LA's like, I guess. I don't know. And then, like, he thinks he's been hired as a waiter, but he's actually been hired to be a busboy. And, like, she says he has to, he has to start, you know, from the bottom and work his way up, which is fine, but he looks around... And everybody who's working with him at his level are, um, like, foreign. They're, like, immigrants. True. And um, then he finds out during the course of things, like, he's being treated like crap. And he's like, man, this isn't worth minimum wage. And they're like, you get minimum wage? Good for you. So, (laughs) yeah, he gets really upset when he finds out that they're not getting paid right. So he goes off on her and quits. Handles it in the most high school way ever. Right. I write for the school newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I know you might not care, but a lot of parents read that school newspaper. I I contend that no parents read that school newspaper. Because <laughs> everything we've heard from every guest star is, my parents aren't around, my parents don't care about me, my parents aren't here. Right. That That's like, that's Dylan, that's that one girl that he didn't have sex with, that he wanted to have sex yep. with, uh, that Betty chick. Her parents certainly weren't around. Right. Uh, the one this week, her parents aren't around. No parents are around, but they're reading the school newspaper. What, to see pictures of their kids? 
Kelly's mom's around, but she doesn't like getting woken up before, you know, noon. So I get a feeling she's not reading the school paper. Exactly. So, yeah, I contend that he's wrong and no parents are. I think his, I think he's way overestimating the readership of this newspaper. But anyway, yeah, he's like, oh, a lot of parents read it. And, you know, they're not going to come into your crummy restaurant and everything. It's like, okay. Yeah, an established LA restaurant closes. Right. And then, um, yeah, him and Dylan take off. And take off and Dylan... Takes him to, guess where, the peach pit. It all seamlessly comes together. Yeah, it's very seamless. <laughs> and he he meets Nat for the first time. Who's Nat? He's the guy that runs the peach pit. That guy's name is Nat? I thought so, yeah. All right. Um, like a bug. And um, he ends up hiring Brandon. So doesn't he still work there? Like in these later episodes we're watching? I don't know if they just all spend a lot of time there. or I don't think he works there anymore. I think he's just doing the thing for the dean or whatever at the school. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, they, they all spend... It's a staple of the show, so it was kind of cool to Dylan's see... Dylan's mom works there. The introduction. It's not Dylan's mom. Well, Dylan's... The woman that's scamming... Right. Dylan <laughs> the woman who cons him, yeah. <laughs> his, 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 like... His dad's extramarital affair or whatever it right. is. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, and then we go back to Brenda. Her friend leaves a bunch of clothes in her closet that she stole. Yeah. She lies to her, first of all, about stealing. Like, like Brenda, you know, brings up the whole, like, or no, I think the girl asks her if, if she's ever stolen. And she's like, no, I don't think I could. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, can I leave some stuff here? With tags on them? Right. And Brenda. Because I'm a very good thief. Right. Brenda doesn't even, like, bat an eye, ask what she's, you know, leaving or anything. She's just like, sure. Right. It's just so weird. Oh, like, Jay Simpson dropped by and said, can I uh, leave this knife here? <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then her mom finds these clothes. Oh, wait, wait. Be- wait. <laughs> before before that happens, doesn't she have to pick her up? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so her her and her friend... They go out again, they're yeah. hanging out again. After she's already stole all the shit she had in her closet. This is after she takes her shirt off, too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Or her dress. Yeah, she changed her clothes in the hallway at school. That was very bizarre. She didn't change her clothes. She didn't. I thought she took off one shirt and put on a different shirt. No, David Silver was there filming her. See how he still corrects me, even though he said he wasn't gonna? <laughs> filming her and... And Brenda, for some reason, I don't know why. <laughs> something about the newspaper, or not the newspaper, the, the yearbook or something like that. They're doing a video yearbook, I guess. But anyway, so he's filming them, and she says, oh, I know what you really want to see. And she takes her dress off, mm-hmm. and she's just wearing a bra. And then he faints comically, <laughs> and then she puts it, but she just puts it back on. Okay. Okay, so they're shopping again in the same store. Yeah. That's 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 where I think their first mistake was. You don't go back to the same store you just stole from. Returning to the scene of the crime. And she asks Brenda to get something for her in a different size, thinking that's going to distract from what she's doing. Brenda doesn't know what she's doing. Yeah, she only calls attention to it. Yeah, because she's like, oh, my friend over there. Yeah, the the... The the person behind the counter, the woman behind the counter, had her head buried under the counter for right. something, and uh, she, you know, got her to pop up. <laughs> it was it was all really stupid, and then she gets mad at Brenda, like it's her fault that um you know this lady looks at her. No, it's it's your fault for sending her over there in the first place. But they end up in you know shopping jail, basically they're they're in the office. Yeah, and, in the in the back, and um. They're, like, being interrogated, and they're, like, going to call their parents and all this shit. They, they're going to call the police. But the rich girl, who, by the way, could afford to buy anything anyway. It's how all good pornos start. <laughs> where it's just two women back there, and then the manager comes. Who's well, a you man. Get, you guys have been stealing. Yeah, she's all, she all, like, shrugs her shirt down a little bit and yeah. takes her hair down. She's like, I'll take care of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, it really was how all good pornos start. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, she's like, you know, I, I would never steal. Why would I? I can buy anything I want. I have receipts showing I've spent thousands of dollars in your store. Mm-hmm. And here, I'll just write a check for everything because I was going to pay for it anyway. 
So, you know, he still calls their parents. Her parents don't come because they're not there. But Brenda's parents do. Mm -hmm. So even though Brenda's explaining she didn't do anything, which she didn't. I want to point out that Dylan right away with that, you know, twin psychic connection or whatever. Dylan. Oh, sorry, not Dylan, Brandon. (laughs) He says, he says, you know, you know, she couldn't have done this kind of thing. It's funny because it, it it parallels to the last season that we just watched with uh, her supposedly sleeping with that guy. Yeah, like he didn't he didn't do the same thing with her then. He didn't say you know you should, I know she didn't do it. No, Dylan did. Yeah, but uh, but here he says you know you know she couldn't shoplift. She doesn't have that kind of personality. And the mom is for you know oh that was before L.A. <laughs> They've yeah. been there a week. Yeah, the mom is being really weird. They got a cleaning lady mm-hmm. that she's decided to befriend because I don't know. Was her name Consuela? Something like that. <laughs> but like the kids are, the kids kind of bother me with their attitude. Like they're like looking down at mom because she's helping the cleaning lady clean. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And um, I mean, it is weird behavior. I, I get that. But at the same time, it's like if she's not used to having a cleaning lady, then whatever. She, but mom's just, you know, complaining. I think she was complaining last episode too about she, being there. She's, you know, the, they, we don't get much character development of the adults in the show, obviously, but like that uh, Spanish teacher that came on to the principal, nothing's happened with that yet. Right. But anyway, so we don't get a lot, but they, they try to shoehorn in about five minutes of screen time for the parents <laughs> just so that they can, you know, pay them still. But yeah, she, she, you know, mentions that she lost all her friends, too. I mean, if you think about it, you know, moving across the country, even as an adult, you know, that's a huge adjustment as well. You know, I think it'd probably be even harder for an adult because, I mean, think about it, like, at least Brenda's, like, making friends at school. Her mom doesn't even have a job. Yeah, her She's mom. She's just at home yeah, all the time. At home all day. That's got to be terrible. Maybe that, well, he hired a friend for her. Right? <laughs> so, um... Yeah, so mom finds the clothes. Or actually, Consuela, or whatever her name is, finds the clothes and asks what she should do with them. She's got this basket full of clothes with tags on them. Mm-hmm. And so that just cements it now for the mom that, of course, Brenda is stealing. Right. Even though she kind of agreed to believe that she didn't steal the yeah. first time. And she wanted, Brenda wanted money for something. Horseback riding or something. <laughs> was it horseback? I think it was <laughs> something like that. Oh, yeah, you're right. They were going to want a, a trip. Like a horseback riding trip. Mm-hmm. And, and mom said no? Yeah. They couldn't afford it. Oh, I guess they don't have that much money. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. So, Brenda and her mom get in this huge fight. Because Brenda is so hurt that her mom would even think that of her. And her mom's like, but what else can I think? Look at the evidence. Which I get. I mean, what would you think? I would assume that my daughter stole. Um... So they, they go through all that, and then Brenda goes to her friend. And this is just the weirdest scene in the whole the whole show. She goes to her friend's house, who's sunbathing by the pool. <laughs> yeah. And she's talking to her and, and telling her how, you know, she has just screwed her up and her relationship with her mom. And, you know, she needs to know I didn't steal and all this stuff. And she's like, who cares? My parents aren't even around. Like, right. And finally, Brenda looks around and says, hey, who are those guys? There are just these random guys, and they don't look like high school boys. No, and they're just sitting on the deck chairs in the back of the scene, just staring at what's going on. They never say anything. No. Probably so they don't have to get paid scale. Yeah. Um, but it's pretty creepy. Like it is really weird. Teenage girls just chilling with these grown-ass men. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, so they have a big falling out. They're not going to be friends anymore, obviously. But she, um. Well, you would think. (laughs) The friend, uh, feels bad enough that she goes to Brenda's house. Mm Mm-hmm. And confesses to her mother that she is the one that stole the stuff. Yeah. In a, in a sly way where she's like, I I want the stuff that I left here. Yeah. And then her mom kind of, you know, softens and says, you know, oh. You know, I don't know. She tries to be motherly to yeah. her. Yeah, she asked something about her parents, and, and she's like, you know, my parents aren't around or whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it was... It was. Yeah. She says, uh, you know, maybe you're trying to get your parents' attention oh, or that something. Was it. Yeah. And, That's what my shrink says. Right. 
And uh, she says, oh, maybe just try more direct approach. You know, we're never going to see this woman again. No. Yeah, they just kind of seem to, at this point in the show, just be cycling people through to maybe make a storyline with, but not really. Yeah, I guess they don't really care much about, what's her name? Jenny Garth's character's name? Kelly. Kelly. They don't care much about her. And, you know, Aaron Spelling is just, or, or Tori Spelling's just there because... You know, Aaron Spelling made a series of phone calls. Right. <laughs> but they haven't given her much of anything to do yet. It's still amazing to me how much prettier she was in the beginning of the show than she is years later. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that was that was pretty... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the episode because then they all just end up together that night when Brandon comes home and he's like, yeah, I worked two jobs today, Dad. And then they all eat Consuela's uh, food that she brought over. Mystery meats, pot, whatever they called it. Melting pot mystery meat. It was the most racist, <laughs> terrible thing that I've ever heard anybody say. And then they started eating it like, oh, this is delicious. Yeah, it is, you bastards. Yeah, it was probably Mexican pie, is my guess. And the thing is, like, uh, at first, um, Brenda's mom is trying to... Carol, right? Her name's Carol, too. Yeah. Trying to get rid of the cleaning lady. So, you know, like, basically she fires her, but she doesn't understand she's been fired, and then she shows up with this... Yeah, she doesn't speak English because, you know... We gotta... It's California. We gotta perpetuate that stereotype. Anyway. Um, so, I, I guess I'll keep her. I don't know. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe Jim has to have a conversation with whoever he had a conversation with in the first place to get her there because telling her is not working. I don't remember her in the last season that we watched. Right. But I don't know. I mean, it's possible that uh, a waiter returned some glasses to her. No, <laughs> she just murdered her. Oh, my goodness. Before this uh, this uh, season. Okay, so that was that was the show. Yeah, I have a question for you. Hmm. Have you ever shoplifted anything? I plead the fifth. <laughs> Let me tell you. Do you think police will listen to this? No. Why don't you tell a story about your friend, Laryl? Let me tell you, though. The girl who shoplifts in this uh, episode does a really bad job. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's just out in the open grabbing stuff and shoving it in a bag. First of all, most stores don't let you carry a bag. She wants to get caught. Although I guess since it's Beverly Hills, they just assume nobody's going to steal because they assume everybody has money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you you go in the dressing room, and you and you and you put the clothes on, and mm-hmm. then you wear them out. Yeah, and like for instance, let's say you know that it's a few years ago, and you were going to steal Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right. You'd also go in the dressing room with the packages <laughs> yeah. of the turtles and you know other clothes with you. And then you would take the turtles out of the packages and then put them, you know, on your person somewhere in pockets, things (laughs) like that. And then uh, leave the clothes in the dressing room and then just walk out. That that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe, you know, your friend (laughs) decides to go one day without you to do it. And that's the day they get caught. And you can you (laughs) and you luck out and don't ever get caught. And maybe you try to uh, teach one of your friends how to uh, shoplift one day and, and realize that they are just not cut out for it when they put a pair of uh, sunglasses on their head like they were wearing it, like you showed them with the tag hanging <laughs> off the middle of the sunglasses. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's also a possibility. But uh, yeah, I mean, we don't shoplift. No. Clearly. Of course not. But yeah, so that is 90210 for the week. Uh if you're expecting a movie this week, you are going to be disappointed. <laughs> no, we saw a movie in the movie we did, theater. We did see a movie in the movie theater. We took my little we, niece and nephew. We, we, saw, we saw something in the movie theater. Hey, you didn't like it? See, we try not to discuss it before we do the show, so I'm, I'm surprised. Well, I mean... Alright, so... We saw... The Flintstones. You know, because... I don't know. I don't know why they made this movie. Uh, there are our parents, you know, were fans of this of this TV show. I mean, I watched it a little bit in reruns when I was a kid, but I don't know. A big part of the big part of the problem I have with this movie, The Flintstones, is that I don't know who it's made for. <laughs> you know, there are parts of it that are very clearly for kids. 
And then there are parts of it that are very clearly not for kids. Well, that's what a family movie is. It has something for everybody, so you can all watch it and enjoy it. I guess everyone can enjoy Holly Berry uh, bent over her desk. <laughs> or whatever. She was laying on it. Yeah. But, alright, so this movie stars John Goodman from Roseanne. And, what's that guy's name? Rick Moranis? Yeah, from the Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. As Fred and Barney. Very good casting. I'll say that. Yeah. And then Rosie O'Donnell as Betty and I can't remember the woman that plays Wilma, but she's been in other things. Yeah, I recognize her face, but I, you know I'm not good with names. Yeah, I can't remember what her name is. Wasn't she in Big? Yes. She was the girlfriend. Yes, but I still can't remember her name. Right. But she was. She was the... The woman that had sex with an 11-year-old. Oh, come on. He was not an 11-year-old when they had sex. Don't be gross. <laughs> and he was 13. Yeah, whatever. Well, she, she's traumatized. for the, That character in that movie is traumatized for life, by the way, after seeing her lover transport himself into... And like it's, It'd be like having sex with a mentally uh, you know, handicapped person or delayed person. Because, okay, he's a quote-unquote adult with an adult body, but he has a mentality of a child. Yeah. And that's what, you know, I mean, that's, that's the, the closest parallel that I can make. That she fell in love with a child, yeah. Yeah, that, that woman's, that woman's uh, love life is over. <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, that's her, but I can't remember her name. But she's good. No, it's not Elizabeth Perkins. Um, maybe it is. No, Elizabeth Perkins is somebody else, right? I don't remember. I don't know. You know I don't know names. Anyway, so the plot of this movie is really weird and convoluted. But basically what happens is uh, Barney and Wilma want a child. And for some reason they need money in the bank to adopt a child. I don't remember in the show them having to adopt but maybe they did. Yeah, I don't remember how they acquired the child. If, if I thought they just always had him. How they acquired Bam Bam. Uh, but anyway, so Fred gives the money to him. And it kind of like the beginning just sort of shows their friendship and how they're, you know, they're best pals and all this stuff. And Fred would do anything for him and vice versa. And so at the quarry where they work, there's this comic villain i mean he's got slicked back hair and and the whole the way he plays it the whole demeanor is uh is very you know i'm a villain oh yeah i mean it's like i've seen him and stuff too too i've seen him before too yeah i can't think of who he is or where though um yeah i'm not sure exactly where i've seen him but i think he's been in Bit rules and other things. But anyway, yeah. So, he, uh, he probably, uh, you know, it, like, it reminds me of, of that, what's that, uh, the, in the, oh, I can't think of anything today. The Muppet mm-hmm. movie. The Muppet movie where, uh. Not enough sleep. That, uh, that guy's like, maniacal laugh. Maniacal laugh. But anyway, so. He, uh, he's got some evil plan that he tells the audience and no one else. Well, he tells the audience and Holly Berry. Yeah. What his evil plan is going to be. Because supposedly she's going to benefit from said plan. Right. And, you know, her name is Sharon Stone. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah. And there, there, I mean, there's tons of, you know what would have been better is Hmm. getting Sharon Stone to be in this movie. And then calling her Sharon Stone. I don't think that she would ever agree to do this movie, though. Yeah, well, but like, there's a ton of prehistoric and rock puns in this movie, yeah. like the TV show. But anyway, so he tell you know he tells her, oh, you know, I've got this evil plan and everything, but we've got to find the right person to be our Patsy. So they design this test uh, to see if somebody is qualified for management. Now, this is the weird part about it. <laughs> they do this, and you're thinking, okay, so what they're going to do is they're going to look for the stupidest of the employees to be their patsy. 
but they don't. It's so, like, it, it makes no sense. So Barney and him both take the test, and, and, you know, everyone else takes the test as well. The guy from Night Court's there for some reason. <laughs> and so they take the test, and Barney does really well, and Fred is terrible. So in order to pay him back for giving him the money so he can get Bam Bam, he switches the tests. And they're like, oh, Fred Flintstone, you know, he's the one that scored the highest. And they're like, and the guy's like, oh, he's perfect because he's such an idiot. But he scored the highest on the test. So you would think maybe your initial impression was wrong and he's smarter than you would think. You know, it's just, it's so weird. It should have just been Barney didn't have to switch the tests and it was the worst one. But the reason that Barney had to switch the test was because of the whole, you know, paying each other back and the balancing. And, you know, it was a whole theme through the whole movie. Yeah. But, you know what, I've been thinking about it. And I think that the reason they did it that way is because they were the only two in on this plan, right? They had to convince the rest of the company that Mm. this is an actual executive. That's a solid point. So maybe they didn't want to have a moron in the office. Well, they they got it. (laughs) Right? But, yeah, I guess that's a solid point. So, he, you know, goes to and is an executive. And then, basically, they they start giving him a bunch of money. And, like, oh, you know, you got to live like a like a like um, an executive and everything. So, he starts... Money changes them, basically. Oh, that's, yeah. That's the point of it. Very is that money, sure. money changes them and... Barney's out of a job and he gets a series of, you know, comedic jobs as the as the movie goes on. Well, it's not just that Barney is out of a job. They get Fred to fire him. Oh, yeah. You know, they they tell him to, to fire him and he doesn't want to fire him and he says, "Well, if you don't fire him, I'll fire him and then I'll fire you." So I guess there's really no decision there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he ever really explained it that way though. I think he he definitely should have made sure they understood that. Yeah, he gives him a present, <laughs> and then he says, you're fired. See, almost making it sound like it was because he bought him that present. <laughs> you know, he continues to do his job and everything, and they start living it up, and money changes them. And then, what else happens? What's the next thing that happens? Um, oh, yeah, the other part of the plot that doesn't even need to exist, honestly, but it's there. In the movie, it's just like layer upon layer. Right. Not only does this guy have a really horrible, evil plan to embezzle money from the company and go off to Rockapoco <laughs> with Holly Berry, he also has designed a new system that will put everyone in the quarry out of work, but also is going to fail. Right. As he points out later, that it's just junk. But it's a conveyor system that, you know, shapes the rock on its own. And so that's the next level of his evil. Like, it's so weird. Like, why? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, it it was not necessary. You are right. If you're going to embezzle from the company, why do you even care about what happens to the company after that? Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway, so Fred, um... He, you know, he gets sucked in and all this stuff. And then, you know, he starts to... He's smarter than he seems, I guess. He starts to kind of figure out what's going on. He's signing all these things that he's not reading and everything. And his dicta bird, which is a an actual bird <laughs> that speaks everything back to him with an English accent. He, uh... He, he even advises him not to sign anything he hasn't read. Yeah, an intelligent dictabird. It's kind of weird. Yeah. The whole thing's weird, but yeah. But I mean, that's what they do through the whole movie, is they, they incorporate the different animals as, you know, replacing machines. I will say that it was, it was interesting, because after Fred is, just, you know, like, it comes out like, oh, he's embezzling money, even though he didn't. Uh, they start chasing him and everything, and all the people that lost their job at the quarry blame him for it, so they're chasing him as well. Because he signed their pink slips. Yeah. So he's, he's you know, hiding out and everything. Jonathan Winters is there for some reason <laughs> for like five minutes. He was a fan of the cartoon, probably. I guess. But, so, they, uh, they're gonna lynch him and all this stuff. And, um... 
what's her name? Wilma gets the idea that, oh, the Dictabird probably heard everything. So she goes and gets it. I'm not sure how she knows that the evil guy went into Fred's office and, you know, outlined his entire evil plan to him for some reason. But he did. And so she gets the bird and the bird tells her everything it knows. So it tells them as well. And they end up taking it to the police or whatever and the, you know, the, whatever the, the equivalent of the police are. Mm-hmm. And so then they, you know, they, they find that out too. And the big, the big climactic end scene is they've kidnapped their kids and strapped them to this conveyor belt thing. And it's, they're going to get crushed. And Barney goes and tries to help. He gets knocked out. And Fred has to, you know, release the rock and destroy the thing to keep them from getting caught. And in the process, somehow creates concrete. <laughs> because the water and the mud and everything and the rock all mix together and it makes concrete. And, you know, Mr. Slate, the owner of the company, says, I'm going to name it after my daughter, Concretia. <laughs> And he wants to promote him, and he says, no, I just want my old job back, and then the benefits that they had talked about for the workers. Right. And he agrees to it, not knowing that healthcare costs are going to rise. <laughs> and, because it's going to cost him more than just paying paying for it, I'm sure. Right. In the long run. But anyway, so, and that that's kind of the end of the movie. Everything gets, you know, put back the way it was. One thing I thought that was kind of weird is that at the beginning, they go to the movie theater in their car and then they watch the movie along with us about their lives and at the at the end they leave the movie theater and go to get something to eat yeah yeah it's really bizarre especially because they're in the movie i mean it's like it's very meta i guess yeah you watch they're watching they're watching the movie that was made about this incident in their lives and you would think you know they'd get money from that right like likeness rights you know well maybe they do but they handle it better yeah, could be. <laughs> I don't know. I think the kids liked it. And I mean, I, I know you said you're not sure who the movie was for, but I mean, definitely a family movie. And I think the most important part of a family movie is that the kids enjoy it. I guess. Um, and the parents don't go mind-numbingly, you know, whatever. Right. It was It was funny in parts. John Goodman and Rick Moranis are very funny. Yes. The women are also talented actresses, but don't get a lot to do in this movie. I don't know. I mean, I think that they they do enough. Okay. I mean, because, like, there's the shopping scene, and there's... (laughs) Da-da-da-da-da, charge it! (laughs) Yeah. And and then, like, where they're, like, fighting, and they make up, and, you know, showing all the stuff they do around the house. A little, a little. I mean, they're not the stars, obviously, Fred and Barney are, but I think they do a decent amount. All right. I don't know. You've convinced me. I don't really care. (laughs) But, but, uh, yeah, they, um, you know... They're in the movie, and I guess they're okay. I, I don't know. I just think Rosie O'Donnell and Elizabeth Perkins, I guess that, that, that that's who it is, right? Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, You know, I think that they they are, they could do more. That's, that's my opinion. But, you know, they're fine. They're fine in the movie. But uh, John Goodman and Rick Moranis are really good in the film. You know, they're very funny. And Sharon Stone's good. In her limited role. You mean Holly Berry? Oh, yeah. That's right. Holly Berry. (laughs) Yeah, I think Holly Berry does a good job. I mean, she's just basically playing a sex kitten for most of it, but she does a good job. Yeah, she knows she'd be a good cat woman. She would. Yeah. Very, very true. Yeah. Well, when you say sex kitten, that's the first thing I think of. (laughs) Who is your favorite cat woman? Um, well, you got uh, you got Lee Merriweather, you've got uh, Eartha Kitt, Julie Newmar, and oh man, I don't remember the other one's name. Uh, and Michelle Pfeiffer, obviously. Michelle Pfeiffer. That's a weird, weird movie. <laughs> she dies and gets cat powers because her cat's a licker. I, I, it's so weird. Anyway, so. Yeah, that's that's the Flintstones. What what did you think overall? What was your favorite part of the movie? Um, 
Hmm, my favorite part? That's a really good question. Let me think. I, I'm going to go with when they're, like, I don't know if there was a favorite part. I mean, it's it's more just the feel of it. Like, seeing all the different, like, animals put in its machines and how they do things similar to the way we do things, but not. Like, I enjoyed that. Hmm. I thought it was just okay. You know, it was... One thing I liked is they took the elements of the TV show, kind of like you're talking about, and they faithfully adapted into the big screen while also expanding the storyline to something that's more modern and more indicative of an actual movie. Yeah. The plot was... But the plot was a little convoluted. But it was okay. It was fine. Yeah. We've got other things coming up. You know, later in the summer, if you check the listings and everything that I think will be better. But, you know, we'll see. Yep. So we will end this week as we end every week with our Blockbuster Pick of the Week. So our Blockbuster Pick of the Week is Tombstone. (laughs) We've talked about it a little bit before. Uh, It's the Wyatt Earp movie that's good. And I I enjoy Tombstone. you You haven't seen it yet, have you? Um, yeah. Oh, you have? You saw it? Yeah. I don't remember that. Oh, I don't know. Maybe not. Sorry. Well, tell me about it. It's a cowboy movie. (laughs) It's a cowboy movie with, uh... Yeah. It is a... Some guys in it. True. Val Kilmer. Yeah, that's the one. I like Val Kilmer a lot. Me too. He's, He's very good. But anyway, that's our blockbuster pick of the week. Go out and rent Tombstone. We talked about it very early on in one of the tapes. Find the tape where we talked about it. Uh, we didn't go into a big thing. I think it was in the 1993 movie. I yeah. think it was the very first episode. Yeah, I think so, yeah. So, anyway, go and check that out. It's a good movie. That's really the only thing coming out. The summer months at Blockbuster, as you guys may have gathered, is not the best time to get new releases because they know everyone's in the theater seeing all the new movies that come out during the summer. But, you know, check out Tombstone. It is good. All right. And um, don't forget to leave money in my locker. Yep, leave money in Carol's locker. That's how you listen to our secret tapes. (laughs) And, uh, I don't know, paint five stars on all lockers. All of them. Yeah. Not just ours. And if you want to write us a nice, nice note about how much you love the show you know or how much you hate it yeah i mean you could do that too any suggestions or anything that you want to hear you can put in my locker and uh i don't know just like all the other things do the things do and tell people the thing with the thing yep do that okay all right bye bye